0: Hi, this is Corey Turner. And along with my wife, Simone, we are the Senior Pastors of Numa Church. I wanted to thank you for listening to our podcast today. You're about to hear a message from one of our team that we pray builds your faith and empowers you to follow Jesus more closely. Enjoy the message. Numa Church. In all our locations around
1: Melbourne, in all our locations in other cities, states, countries, we're going through a revival. There's a move of God. People are so hungry for the things of God. And God's, there's miracles happening. There's prophecies being spoken over people. God's pulling things out of people, calling people higher. We've just been on a high. We had like weeks where we are just going to our city location day in, day out. There's people coming from other churches to worship at city Thursday night, Sunday afternoon. People coming from other countries. I met a guy this Thursday in the foyer, a pastor from New Zealand paid $4,500 to come to Australia because he heard there's a revival happening at Numa Church. And the guy's come all the way just to experience a move of God and take it back to his church. Doesn't mean God's not moving over there, but God's led him to come to Numa to catch something. So whilst all these things are happening and we're experiencing revival, a move of God, whatever's happening in your life, we acknowledge that at the same time. We're going through different battles and it's like, but Lord, I'm going through revival. How come I'm struggling with this? Well, this is happening in my life. There's this disappointment. There's this, there's that. And so last week we said, how can we be in revival and still be facing all these things? And we came back to the truth that Even as we're walking with God, revival, no revival, whatever it is, part of our journeys with God is the spiritual battle. In the invisible, in the immaterial, there's things happening that affect us here on earth. There's things happening in our life, it could be from our own decisions, from sin in our lives, whatever there is a battle. Doesn't matter how much you've been walking with God, Jesus Himself went through the wilderness. But God actually led him into the wilderness, it says in Matthew chapter 4. He'd just been baptised. Next thing you know, it says the Spirit led him into the wilderness for 40 days. So what we said last week in revival warfare was that as we find ourselves in spiritual battles, in a spiritual war, that actually we need to remember that God, our Lord, the Holy Spirit has led us here. If you're seeking God, you're devoted, you're walking with God, and you're going through these things, we need to remember that the Lord has led us here. No matter what is happening, the first thing is God has led you to where you are right now. But the second thing was that we actually need to walk in step with the Spirit. So if God's led us here... We need to keep following Him. He's taking us to a place where we haven't been. Wherever you are in your life, God's taking you somewhere you haven't been. He's taking you from strength to strength. So we actually need to continue to be led by Him. So we say we need to walk in step with the Spirit. Galatians 5.25 If we live by the Spirit, we'll also keep in step with the Spirit. Then we said, how do we do that? How do we walk in step with the Spirit? And we said we need to stay hungry for His presence. Stay hungry for His presence and be alert. Because 1 Peter 5, 8 says, The enemy is prowling around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. So be alert. So the Lord has led us here. We walk in step with the Spirit. We walk in the Spirit. But we stay hungry for His presence and we stay alert. But when He comes, and He does come like He came to Jesus... What do we do? The fourth thing that we said was that we use our weapons. We looked at Ephesians chapter 6, the armor of God, that we need to use our weapons, the belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, the sword of the spirit, the shoes of peace, the shoes of the gospel of peace, the shield of faith. What else have I forgotten? Anything else? What's that one? The helmet of salvation. So we talked about using those weapons. So, get, get into that scripture, meditate on it, use your weapons. So, that's what we talked about last week revival warfare. So, today we're continuing in that. And um, I was thinking throughout the week, where do we go with this? There's just so much when it comes to spiritual battle. We don't want to be a people that just focus on the enemy so much and give him so much credit because he doesn't deserve any credit. But the thing is, we can't ignore it either. Because there's things at work. So why wear this armour? Why fight in this battle? And the first thing today, church, is that we have delegated authority. We have delegated authority. Why wear the armour? Why use the weapons? Why take part in this spiritual battle, in this tension that we're in? It's because we have delegated authority. We have power. We have authority. And this delegated authority comes from Jesus, the one who is above everything, the one who is over every name. He's over everything. He's over every power. He's the name that is above every other name. You and I have authority because of what Jesus has done. Check out what he says about Jesus' authority in Ephesians 1. Just open up to it if you want or just write it down in your notes. Ephesians 1, 19 to 20 says this. Whilst you get in there, I'm there. Ephesians 1, 19 to 20 says, And what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward us who believe, according to the working of his great might, that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand, at his right hand, in the heavenly places, far above all rule and authority and power and dominion and above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. And he put all things under his feet and gave him as head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. 1 Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 1, 19 to 22, He's talking about Jesus' authority. There's so much about God's authority, Jesus' authority throughout the word. That's just one verse. But we know the Great Commission, Matthew chapter 28, 19 to 20. Jesus says, All authority, all, A double L, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Jesus says this all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me now go therefore he says to his disciples he says to you and now now go therefore he's delegating his authority go therefore and make disciples baptizing them not just disciples but disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the father the son and the holy spirit teaching them to observe My commands, all that I've commanded you. But he says, behold, I'm with you always. He gives us the authority to make disciples. He gives us the authority to live the lives that he's called you and I to. But he says, I'm with you always. He just doesn't give us the weapons, the authority and say, oh, yeah, you go do your thing. He says, I'm with you always. He's Jehovah Shammah, The Lord is there, the ever present one. That's who he is. So we have delegated authority. All authority, Jesus says. Oh, he doesn't leave any authority. All. That means the devil has got no authority. We're saying it today. You have no rival. You have no equal. Right? We're not just singing that. There is no rival. There is no equal. The devil, the enemy, does not deserve any credit. The only authority he will have is that which we give him. That which we allow him to have. That which we allow them to have. Because Jesus has all authority. And he's given us authority. So the devil ain't got nada. He's got nothing. He's given us authority and a mission. But... We don't have this world all to ourselves. We don't live in this world all by ourselves. The heavens, the earth, and on this earth, we cohabit with evil. There's evil, it's real. We come in here and it's cool, it's nice, we praise, we worship, we sense God's presence, we take it out there. But out there, there's tension. There's demonic activity. There is evil. We've experienced it ourselves. We have come from sin. We still have sin in our lives. We don't live as sinners. We're saved. But we still have the flesh. So we're in the struggle. So we've got to realize that the devil is real. Some people want to act like there's no evil. Just be good. Just do good. It's all good. Uh Uh-uh. You're either for God or something else is influencing you, right? You can't put it plain like that to people sometimes, but it's the truth. The enemy works through whatever issues we go through in this world, there's a spirit behind the stuff that we go through. So we have authority. But the good news is that demons have been defeated by the cross, by the resurrection. They have been defeated. They have limited activity on this earth. It's limited the battle has been won. A guy by the name of James Brachner says this. The irony of the gospel is that the battle is won. Not through killing, but rather by dying. Jesus, the warrior, accomplishes great victory by dying on the cross. The battle has been won through dying. There's wars taking place in this world, people being killed, missiles being thrown, being unleashed, killing to take territory. But the way Jesus took territory wasn't by killing, it was by giving of himself. The way we take territory today in the spirit in our life is by dying to self, giving ourselves to Jesus. But continuing daily as we're being sanctified, purified to become more like God, like Jesus by making him lord and and dying to our own desires selfish desires and saying yes to his so there is demonic activity that takes place in this world and the objective of the demonic is to take territory it's to take control john 10:10 10, 10, what does it say it says the enemy comes only to kill steal and destroy That is their objective. But remember, the activity is limited by the cross. So we don't need to only be aware of evil and the demonic activity. We need to know that we have authority. You have authority from Jesus Christ. So the first thing today is we have delegated authority. The second thing is we have authority against the devil And against demons. We have authority. Like I said, Jesus has all authority. When Jesus appointed the 12th in Mark 3, 14 to 15. Mark 3, 14 to 15. Write it down. You guys love to write notes because here at Newman Church we believe that God's word is our foundation. And the question that we ask is, what does God's word say about that? Mark three fourteen to 15. Jesus appoints the 12th. And it says he appointed the 12th apostles so that they would be with him. He appointed the twelve apostles so that they would preach. He appointed the 12th apostles so that they would drive out demons. Those are the reasons that we're told in that part why he appointed them. So we have authority to cast out, to drive out demons. We don't have to go looking for them everywhere. Just cast it out. Mark 16, 17 says, those who believe in my name, these are the signs that will follow them. In my name they will cast out demons They will speak in new tongues. We don't have to complicate it. Or can a Christian be possessed by a demon? Spirit-filled believers cannot be possessed. How can you have God's spirit in you and then be controlled by something? Oh, but Pastor Steve, I've seen people in church like doing some weird things. I'm sure they were possessed. see, being possessed by a demon, like you see Legion in the Bible and, you know, the demons taken out by Jesus and thrown into the pigs, the pigs fall off the cliff. That guy was possessed, but he didn't have God's spirit in him. If you've asked God to come into your life, you cannot be possessed as long as you have the spirit in you. But the thing that can happen even as Christians is that we can be oppressed by demons, by demonic activity, by demonic influence, because it's all around us. It could be in music. It could be through what we talk about with our friends, what we put out in our minds. You guys know it. I'm going to just rush through this. This is not about focusing on demons too much today. But I just want to say a spirit-filled believer Cannot be possessed, cannot be controlled, but you can be oppressed because of things that happen in the mind, things that we let in, or trauma that's taken place in your life. We can talk about this in, in other forums at other times. But First Corinthians 12, 3. First Corinthians 12, verse 3. We'll just go there quickly. God's words, our foundation. So we just, we just go, we just go with, with the flow, we just go to the Word. We like to flip through our Bibles and church. Can you hear all that? You guys don't want to open, I can't hear that in the, in, in the building at the moment. Yeah, I can hear a little bit. You've got it on your phone. But um, First Corinthians twelve three says this. We went through this when we talked about the spiritual gifts recently. It says, Therefore I want you to understand that no one speaking in the Spirit of God ever says Jesus is accursed. And no one can say Jesus is Lord except in the Holy Spirit. So we have authority against the devil and demons. There's a spirit that works in this world, a spirit of evil. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 2, write it down. You don't have to go to it for later because you guys love to study. I know, so you're going to be studying this later. But it says this, Ephesians 2, 1 to 2, And you were dead in the trespasses and sins. In which you once walked, you were dead in the trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, saying we were dead in our trespasses, we were dead in our sins before we got saved. He's talking to the church in Ephesus saying, before you got saved, this is what was operating the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience. That spirit hasn't gone anywhere. It's still in the, wor- in the world. The spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience. We just want to keep it real and say that evil is real. The devil is real. Even my son the other day was saying, Dad, in the car goes, if If the devil is not real, then God's not real. He even gets it. He's going, if we're going to say... There's no devil, then there's no God because he's hearing stories. He's hearing stories of creation. He's seeing our need for God. But he's going, if there's no opposition, then all of this is a lie. And so many people would tell you, oh, do you really believe in evil? I was in an Uber the other day. The Uber driver's like, yeah, do you guys do exorcism? Do you? I'm like, bro, nah. it's like prayer, ministry, deliverance here. Yeah, but he's like, oh, but I just think that's all just like mental health stuff and blah blah blah. But people are trying to deny it. So we have authority against the devil and demons. But what we need to realize is that hell is not just somewhere where the devil is right now. It's a future place for the devil. And his demonic angels. He's not just waiting in hell for you and I or the lost, you know. He's actually operating. He's operating. We talked about in Ephesians chapter 6 12 that our wrestle is not against flesh and blood, but it's against rulers, powers, authorities, cosmic powers in this present darkness and spiritual evil forces in the heavenly realms. See, the enemy, the devil, and the demonic angels, they have access to the heavenly realms. Not the part of heaven where God is and where Jesus is seated at the right hand, but the enemy was cast out of what they call the third heaven in the Bible, and he has access to other parts of the heavenly realms, including the earth. So he's still taking part in things and there's a tension and this is stuff you can just study and almost focus too much on I just got to move here but all I want to say is hell is a future place for the devil in terms of that's where he's going to be finally and forever that's his destination because Matthew 25 41 Matthew 25 41 says eternal fire has been prepared for the devil and his angels so the victory has been won the victory has been won, but guess what? The fight is still real. We're still in a fight. We're still in a fight, but the battle is the Lord's. And he works through you and, I, through you and I as we stand on his word, as we use our weapons. We have delegated authority. We have authority against the devil and demons. We have that. But the ultimate authority, the ultimate purpose of the authority gives us that Jesus gives us is to bring
0: life
1: the ultimate purpose of the authority that Jesus gives us is to bring life we have delegated authority we have authority against the devil but we have authority to bring life what does Jesus say in John 10.10 the enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy. But I have come that you may have life and life to the full. Life in abundance. We're Christians. We're disciples. We're becoming more like Christ. So we bring life. He brought life. He's given us life. So everywhere we go, we have authority to bring life. Like I said before, Mark sixteen seventeen. These signs will follow believers. They'll cast out demons. They will speak in new tongues. It goes on to say, if they drink poison, it will not hurt them. Deadly poison. And it says, they will lay hands. You will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Think about all those things. As negative as casting out demons can seem sometimes, that's bringing life. You cast out a demon out of a situation, out of someone. Just by, it's Jesus who does it. You speak it. The Lord does it. You don't cast them out. You're doing it on his behalf. But when that comes out, you pray that they'll be filled by the Spirit. They come to know Jesus. That's life. We're bringing life. You're going through a tough situation in your life. You're feeling defeated. You start to speak in tongues. What's he doing? Does that need to be interpreted? I'm just... I'm just edifying myself. You get to do that because I've had times I'm stressed. I'm going through, I'm anxious. But you start to speak in tongues because it's a gift God has given us. It's available to everyone. You're bringing life to yourself, but God's bringing that life. See, you're praying, you're speaking in new tongues, it says. You're bringing life. Someone's sick. You pray for them, they get healed. You're bringing life. So we have authority to what? To bring? Come on. Woo, time is flying. So all this authority, how do we actually exercise it? How do we use it? We exercise it through prayer. Prayer fuels power. That's one of our kingdom culture values here at Newman Church. Prayer fuels power. And the question that we ask is, Have you prayed about it? So we love prayer. We love prayer. We pray in the name of Jesus and things shift. So what happens? What is it that happens when we pray? All right, let's start the sermon now. So let's go to Daniel, book of Daniel, chapter 10. Don't freak out, guys. I'm just kidding. Like We're we're just halfway through. Where are you, Daniel? Daniel was a prophet. In the Old Testament god 's people the Israelites have been um, gone into exile from Jerusalem from Israel and they've been in exile in Babylon for years and Daniel's one of them and God is using him mightily but some of the Israelites have made it back to Jerusalem and they're building rebuilding the temple, rebuilding the wall and daniel has been interpreting dreams for the kings he's been shining God's light he's just been standing firm but he's going through a lot of stress here in Daniel chapter 10 he's seeking God on what's next for for your people for the future and he's praying and so in Daniel 10 it comes up on the on on the screen it says in the third year of Cyrus king of Persia word was revealed to Daniel who was named Belteshazzar that was his other name his Babylonian name and the word was true and it was a great conflict and he understood the word and had understanding of the vision so he has this vision verse 2 it says in those days I Daniel was mourning for three weeks he was crying for 3 weeks it says i ate no delicacies no meat or wine entered my mouth nor did i anoint myself at all for the full 3 weeks other versions say that he did not use any lotion for 3 weeks and if i didn't use lotion for like 2 days my skin will just start to show some interesting things. I was raised on moisturizer. I was raised on Vaseline. And my wife just doesn't get it. But I need to moisturize every single day. So I'm thinking, three weeks? Oh, man. I've got some fellows in in here. They would know that if I went to school without moisturizing my body... My dark skin will start to have this white layer on it, where it just just does not look good. Like it's a weird sort of white layer. You just got to you just got to be you just got to be me to understand it. But I just I'm like, what is happening, Daniel? You can fast and still moisturize, but this is how much grief he's going through <laughs> with the Lord. He's just like setting himself apart. He's not anointing himself. Verse 4. On the 24th day of the, f- of the first month, as I was standing on the bank of the great river, I lifted up my eyes and looked. And behold, a man clothed in linen with a belt of fine gold from Euphaz around his waist. He sees this man as he lifts up his eye, eyes and he sees a man who looks like a priest He looks like a priest, as we see in the book of Leviticus. But there's more. Verse 6 says his body was like beryl, his face like the appearance of lightning, his eyes like flaming torches, his arms and legs like the gleam of burnished bronze, and the sound of his words like the sound of a multitude. What is he seeing? He's seeing a heavenly being, he's seeing an angel. The language they use there is similar to some language that's used from a vision that Ezekiel has of an angel. It's similar to the language that's used in Revelation 1 of a picture of Jesus. But we don't really know who he's seeing. But what we know from study and from commentators and just from what's there is he's having an encounter with a heavenly being. And God is showing up in some way. Verse 7, he then says, And I, Daniel, alone saw the vision. For the men who were with me did not see the vision, but a great trembling fell upon them, and they fled to hide themselves. So I was left alone and saw this great vision, and no strength was left in me. My radiant appearance was fearfully changed, and I retained no strength. Then I heard the sound of his words, and as I heard the sound of his words, I fell on my face in deep sleep with my face to the ground. He hears his heavenly being sound and he falls to the ground. Maybe that's what happens sometimes in our church, or we've seen people just like hit the ground and they're just gone. I've been seeing people lying for half an hour. I'm thinking, what is happening there? And we can laugh and degrade sometimes or question, be skeptical, but people are encountering God. And we see a picture of this. Daniel is encountering God and he's got his face to the ground. Verse 10, and behold, a hand touched me and set me trembling on my hands and knees. And he said to me, oh, Daniel, man, greatly loved, understand the words that I speak to you and stand upright. For now, I've been sent to you. And when he had spoken this word to me, I stood up trembling. Then he said to me, fear not, Daniel, for from the first day that you set your heart to understand and humbled yourself before God, your words have been heard and I've come because of your words. This angel came down because he was praying because he was fasting. He says, From the time you started to pray, from the time that you humbled yourself, from the time you set yourself to understand and to seek me, I heard your words and I've come. His prayer moved God. His prayer moved God's hand. Verse 13. This heavenly being continues. The prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me 21 days. This is this heavenly being talking. The prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me 21 days. This is not like a natural prince in Persia. This is an angel speaking saying, I heard you. And I've come down because I heard you. But in that 20 days, there was a battle taking place. We talk about we don't fight against flesh and blood but against powers, authorities, spiritual evil forces in the heavenly realms. There was a battle taking place as Daniel was praying for 21 days. Don't give up on day eight. Don't give up on day 19 because as you're praying, there's a battle going on. And as you pray, there's, there's an advancement taking place. So he says, this prince of the kingdom of Persia would stoop me 21 days. But Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me. This is another angel, Michael, the archangel, the chief prince. He says, He came to help me for I was left there with the kings of Persia. Kings, armies, multiples of demons were fighting against him in the heavenly realms. But then another angel came to help him. And, and now he says in verse 14, And I came to make you understand what is to happen to your people in the latter days, for the vision is for days yet to come. Verse 15, When he had spoken to me according to these words, I turned my face toward the ground and was mute. And behold, one in the likeness of the children of man touched my lips. Then I opened my mouth and spoke. I said to him who stood before me, "O my Lord, by reason of the vision, pains have come upon me, and I retain no strength. How can my Lord's servant talk with my Lord? For now, no strength remains in me, and no breath is left in me." He was having an encounter with a heavenly being, and then it sounds like there's another heavenly being, another angel that's come. It's it's not clear, but it's not the point of the story. Let's just know his prayers were being responded to. And an angel or angels came down to reveal what God wanted to reveal to him. What this thing shows us here, it's like the the veil has been taken off spiritual warfare. There's things always happening in the spirit, right? But in this passage, the veil is taken off and we get a picture of what it looks like. And angels actually come to Daniel and said, because of your prayer, things have been moving there's been a battle but now he's here and Daniel was having this encounter verse 18 says again one having the appearance of a man touched me and strengthened me and he said O man greatly loved fear not peace be with you be strong and of good courage and as he spoke to me I was strengthened and said let my lord speak for you have strengthened me then he said do you know why I've come to you But now I will return to fight against the prince of Persia. He says he's going back into spiritual battle. And when I go out, behold, the prince of Greece will come. But I tell you, what is inscribed in the book of truth, there is none who contends by my side against these except Michael, your prince. See, angels, the heavenly realms, the demonic, it's all Real, and we get a picture of it in here. But what is it, church, that led to this heavenly encounter for Daniel? What is it that led to this response from the heavens? It was Daniel's prayer. We exercise authority through prayer. There's power when you pray, there's power when we pray. It says, Daniel sought God. He actually sought, he was seeking understanding. So that's what led to this. When we seek God, things shift. When you pray, you feel like, oh, this is taking forever. Nothing's happening. My prayers are not being answered. But things are moving when you pray. The Bible says, ask and keep on asking. Daniel On day 24, the angel comes. And then he starts to get a picture that, wow, there was things that were happening. It says in verse 12 that Daniel humbled himself. This is what led to this encounter. He humbled himself. He needed God. He needed God to show up. But his words were heard. The angel came because of his words. Don't give up, church. You have authority. You know the things God has spoken to you, the promises he's given you, your family, for your business, for his call on your life. Don't give up. Pray because things shift as you pray. Things shift in the heavens and affect the earth when we pray. There was a wrestle in the heavenly realms because of his prayer. And we hear that there was a demon It says the king, the prince of Persia was fighting this angel. We've talked about how that lines up with Ephesians 6 that talks about the spiritual battle. And we hear that another angel came, demonic angel, was there too, other other kings of Persia, but Michael came and helped and then he, he came down, wherever this angel was, came down to pass this message. But what I love is that Daniel, through that encounter, even loses strength. We lose strength when we pray sometimes. It's like, man, I've been praying for five minutes. I'm so tired. We lose strength. Man, I've been fasting for three days, whatever it is. Just the attitude of prayer. Sometimes we can get tired, but the angel touches him and strengthens him. There is strength that comes when we exercise our authority in prayer. And prayer actually demands a response from God. When we pray, God will respond. He's just waiting. There's an army of angels just waiting. And we just go, we just do our thing, and maybe we just come to church and that's when we pray. But actually when we engage in spiritual warfare throughout the week, it's not a bad thing, spiritual warfare. It's not something to to fear. It's just the authority we've been given. We, God waits for us. We're the primary movers Of God's will on this earth in in His kingdom. He's waiting for you and I to pray. Yeah, He can move without you praying, but there's specific things that He has in store for everyone to pray into. So, what is your prayer or lack of prayer doing in the heavenly realms? What's your prayer doing in the heavenly realms or lack of? Because whether you're praying or you're not praying, it's going to impact something in the heavenly realms. So we've got to think about that. How is it bringing heaven to earth? Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. God calls us to exercise the authority he's given us. What does this all mean for you? What does this all mean for me? You have authority by the name of Jesus. You have authority. Luke 10:18 says, Luke 10:18, "Behold, I've given you authority to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. Nothing shall hurt you. You have authority over all the power." Oh I'm not seeing no scorpions or snakes or serpents. What are you talking about? It expands over all the power of the enemy it's not just talking about physical scorpions it's talking about the schemes of the devil what does this mean for you? God is intentional God is full of purpose He has you where you are you are who you are He's led you to where you are intentionally He has a sphere of influence for you to exercise that authority a measure a metron 2nd Corinthians 13 to 15 2nd Corinthians chapter 10 we're getting there guys you guys doing good? is this heavy? is this light? we're just getting started? <laughs> keep going oh yeah yeah people will start walking out in a minute man. I'm, I'm going to keep going Don't worry, it's not going to be a three-hour service like a few weeks ago. But I'm not controlling anything, so God, you do what you want to do. But 2 Corinthians 10, 13 to 15 says this. But we will not boast beyond limits, but we'll boast only with regard to the area of influence God assigned to us to reach everyone to you. That word limits, an area of influence, talking about a measure a metron, if you look into the, into the translations and meanings, is saying God gave Paul a measure. He gave him like a spiritual boundary of delegated authority where for him to do God's work, he does the same with us. He gives you a measure. He gives you, it's not like he's limiting you, but it's saying this is what I'm entrusting to you for you to exercise your authority. So he's intentional. He's put you in the family you're in for a reason. He's put you in the job that you're in for a reason. And that is your sphere of influence. Verse 14 says, For we are not overextending ourselves as though we did not reach you. For we were the first to come all the way to you with the gospel of Christ. We do not boast beyond limit in the labors of others. But our hope is that your faith increases our As your faith increases, our area of influence among you may be greatly enlarged. I just want you to understand you have authority but God actually gives you a sphere of influence, a measure, a metron for you to steward. You might need to ask God, what is that? What is that in my life? What's the sphere of influence that you've assigned to me? See, for Daniel, it was where he was in Babylon but over that metron there was also evil see the enemy wants to be like jesus so he'll go oh well we're going to put people over that area too so your metron could be your street it could be your neighborhood it could be the industry that you're working in it could be the industry god's leading you into But you have a measure, you have a metron, you have a place where God wants you to rule in that sphere to bring life, for darkness in that sphere to flee. What is that for you? Where is it that God has placed you? Your home, your street, your workplace, your friends. It could be a specialty. When I'm talking about specialty, even the spirits, there's like a spirit of infirmity, a spirit of death, spirit of lust the enemy tries to do the same thing organize the demons in such a way but god has actually put things in people For some people, some Christian spirit-filled believers, their metron, their sphere of influence could be broken marriages in that they will come and pray into a broken marriage and they'll see broken marriages restored because that's the measure God's given them. It could be worship. Someone comes and leads us in worship and man, demons start to flee. People start to be restored. People start to experience God because someone is stewarding authority in the place God has given them. You know, it could be, Someone just has an anointing for those that are widowed. And they go into that place and they pray for those people. They minister. There's so many different things. But what is it? That's your sphere of influence. Because if you don't exercise authority in that, what's happening? Something else is taking authority in that place. So we have to take that authority. We have to stand firm in the place God has given us. And that he's giving you. When you stand firm in your armor, the enemy has no option but to flee. When you stand firm in the authority God's given you, in the armor that God has given you, the enemy has no option but to flee. Jesus stood on the word when the enemy was tempting him and he said, it is written. It is written. The enemy kept trying to throw things at him. And what did the enemy do by the end of it? He left him. It says, he left him until an opportune time. He will leave. But he's still going to come back and see, how are you going? Because he knows you're taking territory. He's not omnipresent. He's not omniscient. He's not like our God. Nothing like our God. He's not everywhere. He's limited. As we take authority, it says, submit yourself to God. James 4, 7. Submit yourself to God. Resist the devil and he will flee. So we got to do that. Let us stand together. We're to wage war not like the world. We're to wage war with divine power. The worship team could come back up. We're to exercise authority where God has placed us. Let us all close our eyes and bow our heads. Church, we have authority and power to bring life, to bring Jesus' love. We have authority against the devil. We read in Ephesians 6 last week that we're to pray in the Spirit at all times. The battle is won on your knees. The battles we're going through, we need to be on our knees. This is where the battle is won. You cannot be defeated whilst you're on your knees. That seems so counter-cultural. It just seems like the opposite, just not logical. How can you win a battle on your knees? But the battle was the Lord's. And God is calling you and I, you South, myself, to be a people that let prayer do the heavy lifting. We've heard that. That's on... On Numa Church globally, prayer is doing the heavy lifting. Prayer will do the heavy lifting. You cannot be defeated whilst you're on your knees. When you feel defeated, build yourself up in your most holy faith by praying in the Spirit. 1 Thessalonians five sixteen to 18 says, Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. And even when you don't know what to pray, church, my brother, my sister, when you get to that point, the Word says in Romans 8.26, in the same way the Spirit helps us in our weaknesses, we do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit Himself intercedes for us with groans that words cannot express. We are to use our weapons. We are to be a people that seek God like Daniel sought God, a people that humble themselves. We're to take territory.
0: Thank you for joining us for this message today. We don't assume that every person listening has a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And so today we invite you to begin following Jesus as your Lord and Savior. The Bible teaches that every one of us has been created for a relationship with God. Sin has separated us from that relationship, but God loved us so much that He gave us His one and only Son, Jesus Christ. Jesus lived, died, and rose again, conquering sin, Satan, and death itself. If we believe in our hearts that God has raised Jesus from the dead, and we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord, we will be saved. So if you are ready to pray in faith, turning away from your sin and believing in Jesus for your salvation, please pray this prayer. Dear Jesus, I believe that you are the Son of God and I ask you to forgive me and cleanse my heart from all of my sin. I receive by faith the free gift of eternal life and I ask that you would fill me with the Holy Spirit. I thank you that I am born again as a child of God and that you have made me a new creation in Christ Jesus. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. If you have prayed that prayer for the first time, we would love to know and help connect you to a local church in your area. You can contact us on our website, numa.church. Thank you for listening.